Welcome to Streets, Sports, and Success with your host, Simon and Maurice. Let's go. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of Streets, Sports, and Success with Simon and Maurice. And we're going to talk about coaching and being coachable. And why don't we start out with, with being coachable? And, you know, something I was thinking about, I saw an article the other day, and the quote said, um, uncoachable kids turn into unemployable adults. And I'm trying to work that with the kids that I'm working with, you know, right now, because so many kids from where we come from, especially the boys, they're used to being a man of their house. So mm-hmm. they don't like taking orders, you know, from, from other men. And that was a struggle for me. And, and I could look at my business career. You know, one of the biggest questions that I get in business is, in your first five years, what mistakes did you make if you could go back over and do it, you know, do it again? And I tell people, you know, other than small stuff, missing a sale or here, and I could have said something different or something, I think the I didn't make many mistakes. That's why I was able to cut the line. You know, in, in our company, in our industry, you know, the things I was able to do, nobody had ever done before in, in the company's history. And it's not because of me. It's because of my ability to stay disciplined to a coaching plan and a playbook that was already provided for me. And so I, I had two coaches that, you know, Jim Serace, Marcus Smith, they had already had the formula for success. And so I would just submit myself completely to everything that they told me to do, especially the stuff they didn't want that, that, that I didn't feel like doing from sports. I knew that was the stuff that I needed to do the stuff that they didn't, that, that, that I didn't want to do. Those were the things that I execute. So when I go back and say I didn't make that many mistakes, it was like taking an open book test to me. It was like somebody giving me all the answers, and, and all I had to do was, was execute that thing. And so I think if people could see how much money and time they were losing, but just if people could see calculated and populated for them, yep, you weren't coachable on this. It cost you a million dollars over the next two years. You weren't coachable. You didn't seek out wisdom for this. It cost you uh, 300000 over the next year because you didn't talk to the right person about how to do your accounting or, you know, or whatever. If they saw how much money they were losing from not being coachable, I think it would blow, blow people away. Yeah, no. Uh, one thing that came to my mind as you were saying this was um, – what is, what is one thing that you see from um, people, whether they're in the industry or out of the industry, um, who, who seem to be hard to coach? What was one of the things that kind of held them up? Um, you know, I, I, ego. I think it always goes back to ego. You know, I, in the beginning, I would seek out people that were doing better than me. And instead of me saying, I'm not talking to that person because they're doing better than me, I want to beat them. I'm talking to that person, getting all the things that they know so I can use that and then turn around and, and pass them up. As a competitor, I wanted to beat them, yes. but I knew the only way for me to shortcut that process was to know what they know. Because I knew from, from a work standpoint, if I had the knowledge that they had, I would have the work ethic that most don't have. But I just needed the knowledge in, in the experience. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, it's, it's the, the humility standpoint of of being able to go from especially the people most talented like the dogs the quote dogs dogs are used to being the leader of the pack they're used to winning at everything that they do they're, they're used to, to being the one that everybody follows so when they walk into a place where they now have to humble themselves and ask questions it's become difficult for them because they're used to giving orders yes. versus taking orders which is a different and, dynamic and, and and you know you'll see all these things about he who makes the most 
will serve the most. Even, even in the word of God, it says that, and I think Jesus said that, um, he said, whoever serves the rest will be the greatest amongst you. And, and so people don't want to take that perspective of, I'm going to humble myself so I can serve other people better by me learning what all these other people know. And, and so they just say, I'm going to figure it out myself. Or the other way, mm-hmm. the other thing, Mo, and I'm sure you've been, is my way is the better way. You know, I, I think this way is, it, even though, I mean, it just blows my yes. mind. And it goes back to ego, I think. If I have Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, Jim Trestle coaching me, Dabo Sweeney, mm-hmm. and they telling me what to do and I'm trying to build a college football program, what in my right mind would make me think that I had some things that are better right now as a rookie than they have when they have all these national championships and Super Bowl? And results. I'll watch people come in and, and, and just not listen and do their own thing and, and think that they're going to create a different way when you got all the coaches that have are at least get to the at least get to the eight eighty yard line before you start trying to do it. Like there's so much you can shortcut in your career by using what has been successful, and then once you get there, you could start to pour a little bit of yourself into it. I, I'll say this, and, and when this was going through my mind as you were talking, I think the first thing that um, um, for guys to become um, coachable they have to have trust right and I was thinking that uh, myself and I was thinking like as you t- you were talking about the moment with you uh, accelerating business I was thinking about a moment in my life that uh, just kind of defined me being able to be coached and it happened in high school right and so my sophomore year uh, when I was in high school and I won't be like Al Bundy and talk about a bunch of high school stories but I think it's a good teachable moment uh, but in high school, I was uh, decent my sophomore year. It wasn't like nothing special. wasn't off the charts. Uh, it was just like a pretty uh, decent average player for, for what we were playing in, right? And I remember nah, – you wasn't average, bro. No, nah, but – We but I, we, we, uh, we played at, at Harding that year. Yeah. I played you at Harding, Ursula. Yeah. And coming into that game, we – I mean, I was following you. We got to yeah. go look at the video. Yeah. I should, I, they was like, you got to go wherever. I remember you <laughs> we went out for a pass. You didn't <laughs> slot me. And uh, – we knew what's up. We no. knew early in the year what was up. Well, I, I'll say this. I, I wasn't as good as I wanted to be my sophomore year. I'll say that. But after that season, we had switched coaches, and we went from um, Coach Barber to uh, Coach McDaniels. And for those who know uh, anything about Ohio high school football or anything about professional football, his son, uh, Josh McDaniels, is the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, and he's legendary for uh, the, the players. You that know, he's Belichick produced. came through the yell, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh, Struthers. Oh, listen, mate. I didn't know that. Struthers. I had no clue. I had no clue. And so when um when uh he set me down, he said, uh, you're good, uh, but if you want to be great, he said you need to learn a game, right? And so by that time, I mean at that point I was just playing football from just reactionary, you know, like get a ball skill runs, set. skill not set. Not mindset. Right? No, not mindset. Hundred percent not mindset, all skill set. And when he set me down and I allowed him to coach me, I can see how even my efforts in the ability to preserve energy and learn how to play a game and learn how to pace myself and learn how to connect exercises with activity on field and learn about down and distance and playing a lot smarter. I said, man, this dude is taking my game to a completely different level 
that I ever even knew existed. And so that was like my introduction to being humble with coaches because I said, like he used to say this, he used to say this to me you all the time. You said trust. Trust. So what made you trust him? Uh, because he had more success. You know, he had he 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 had reproduced and or he had produced so many guys who went to Division One schools. He had won championships already, and he had he had he had the stats. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, I was, but I was also experiencing different results, and everything that he would implement uh, with me, it would work. And you know what I'm saying? So at that point, I said, man, all I gotta do is follow this dude. Be real with me. Not just because we on the mic. Did did you think that he? Did you know or 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 think that he cared about you? Um, he, he's not a guy. His personality, and, and this is not an offensive way. He's like very old school. Like the job is the job type of attitude. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that um, I don't think that he has that compassionate, um, warm and fuzzy, fuzzy feeling. No, he, yeah. he doesn't have that. He has that old school. Football coach, this is the assignment. Let's get busy. Get the job let, done. Let, let's let's work our tail off. But he did he care? He he. Sh- like, so a lot of kids can't take that. You know, a lot of people can't digest it. See, like for me, my mentor Marcus Smith. I mean, that's how Marcus is. Like Marcus is not the. He's black and white. He's not going to cut his his delivery. Still needs work. I mean, we're still working on the delivery. <laughs> I call myself the PR guy. Like, I'm a, 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 yeah, I they got I got to go ahead and deliver what he because he's just going <laughs> to. You know what I mean? And, yeah. But I was cool with that because I was playing sports my whole life. You know, so, so yeah. I'm like, coach. You know, if I drop, get my ass. I was okay with it. But a lot of people they can't handle that. And like you, with him, I had saw the results. In the in the development of others, and the results that they were getting before, I felt the 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 feeling, you know, that way. And uh, okay, so that was that was just interesting, you know, to me, because you know, I, I think for me, my my strategy, and and what works for, you know, as long as it works, it works. Who I am and my strategy is, you know, I just try to uh, connect with the person first, you know, to earn that trust that people don't care how much you know. So they know how much you care, care. Mm-hmm. and uh, and then bring it, you know, with with the other stuff. So I just wanted to stop and see what stuck out to you that made you start being coachable, you know, oh, to that I mean, person. I, I, so the results. Yeah, it, it was the results. But then, I, like, even as you were saying that, just just even to people who may be employed at places or uh, people who may be looking to connect with some sort of leadership, uh, the ha- having the ability to submit yourself to somebody else or their guidance or their wisdom. Um, for the purpose of helping you develop, I think it has been tough for people. And uh, and I'll speak in this sense. I guess I got to speak just specifically to my situation. So um, in society, we're taught that a college education means everything, right? Or a lot of us grew up that way. And uh, we, we, we respect stats or we respect people's addresses or what they drive or, or the, there's these commercial standards that society has created to value a person, Right. And in particular, uh, at times I have um, um, pushback from people in our company who have a lot more education than me, right, or who may be older than me. And I don't disrespect their journey or invalidate or minimize their journey because they've went through school and college and they went from, you know, this job to that job. I don't do it. I respect them for who they are, but I'll find people uh, they won't quite buy in just because they have like some preconceived notion, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I didn't hit certain ringers ego. and yeah, ego, you know, and which, which doesn't allow them to be led. 
Or if I said I read a book and just because a teacher didn't grade it, it wasn't valid. Or I didn't have it, you know, I, I didn't have my papers graded that mm-hmm. I, I may have read or studied or written uh, to myself in my prison cell. So they've been validated in some different way. And uh, and I found out, I said, man, if these people understood, like I'm a, I'm a, a, a decent human being and they can learn from me. And, uh, and I never want to get to the point and to, to be like boisterous and say, like, look at where I'm at and compare it to where you at. But sometimes I really want to say it. And I say, like, you know, if you just look at it for what it is, I figure something out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, I didn't figure everything out, but I figured something out. And I'm just trying to give you the information to graduate from your thing. So, right. I tell people, I don't want you to work for me forever. Like, work is here. Have a great experience. And if there's something that you take from here, you can go on and do something better if it happens to be better than here, go ahead and do it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, not being able to submit or always trying to do things your way or, or coming, like, it, it, it would be the same thing if somebody came to your business and they were constantly talking about what they did at another location. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you yeah. say, yo, like, you're not there anymore. And if you love yeah. it so much, like, why won't you stay there? But that attitude is what a lot of people bring into corporate America. They're losing because of it. This, this is all I wanted. All I ever want, and I've taken this approach from jiu-jitsu to boxing. You know, when I started Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I was a millionaire. Nobody knew where I trained at. I just came in and did, did Got my busy. Deal. And uh, it was cool to be treated like everybody else. You know, my, my Rodrigo, my first uh, jiu-jitsu instructor, I mean, I had to ask him to, to get a drink. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm a grown-ass man. I got millions, and I got to ask you to get a drink, and I'm paying you. I'm paying you to coach me, and I got to ask to get a drink. Like, But I was good with that. I was cool with that. I didn't care that he barely spoke English. All I needed to know is he was good at something I wanted to get good at, so I completely submitted myself. Yeah. I had a man working with me in boxing. I told him, I'm going to be the most coachable cat that you've ever coached. I don't care how you talk to me. I don't care how you treat me. I don't care what delivery you give me. I just want to get good in this. That's why you're here. That's all I want. And So I took the same approach with – with the business is I just wanted to I'm, I'm best coached off of get me to this result the best and fastest way that I possibly can and don't worry about mixing your words and sugar sugar coating stuff with me I just want to win and so I think if if I can help you know you talk about adding value to the to the listeners mm-hmm. you got to get outside of your feelings you know that you can't be doing the kiki dance all up in my feelings dance mm-hmm. challenge like if you want to be great and you want to be coached to greatness at some point, you know, I think E.T. said, you know, but he got it from somewhere. Everybody wants to be a diamond, but nobody wants to get cut. Mm-hmm. Cut me. Cut me as much as you need to because I want to be flawless. I want to be that diamond that's, that's, that's flawless. And so I think where people hurt themselves, and it all goes back to ego with the coachability aspect, is they want to be a diamond, but they don't want to get cut. Because it hurts, hurts that ego. But what you got to understand is short term, if you allow yourself to be coached hard enough, you're going to go further. If you allow yourself to be coached strong enough, you're going to go further faster and, and, and save yourself a lot more time and money. Temporarily, it'll hurt your feelings or emotions, maybe, if they deliver something to you. But look at where you want to be five years from today, because I think the shortcut is by the, doing the process. And the only way to shortcut history in, in, in is to get wisdom from people that have already walked before you. It would be like me and you saying we're going to invent a cell phone. And instead of using what people have already come up with in the Apple iPhone and trying to make it better and take that to the next level and already use everything. Me and you just trying to figure out like what a hanger 
and, and trying to figure out how to get to the, the waves just because. Like, and, that doesn't make any sense. No, nah, it doesn't make it. And even as you're talking about that, it, it just it puts me in the mindset of just um, so many people, and I, and I use the blanket statement because I see so many people, just so many people not understanding the anatomy of humility. And that's where all this stuff starts. That's where, like, growth starts. That's where uh, the extension of your life starts. That's where your happiness starts. It all starts with humility, as you're talking about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just being humble enough to say, no matter if this dude is black, white, he has a different religious belief or whatever it is, like, based upon what I'm trying to accomplish, this is an expert in that or somebody who's a little black bit belt. further. And so I'm going to follow him. Learn you, from the black know, belt yeah, and whatever. I'm telling you, and... Even some of the stuff I'm doing now, like I told a guy, like, so I have something going on uh, back in Youngstown. And I literally just told this guy, I said, look, bro, you figure the formula out because you've reproduced this thing multiple times, right? Just tell me what to do. Like, I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? Come on. And I can bet that I'll execute your plans because I can do that. With discipline. With discipline. I can execute those joints. And from there, we should get the same results based upon your formula. You know what I'm saying? And it's not complicated, but it takes you to um, not think of yourself of great importance. It's not to say that human beings aren't important. It's to say that situationally, where um, where you may not be as developed or unraveled as the next person, it's time for you just to shut the fuck up and you know and, and know your role. And, uh, and especially you, you notice to- this, Reese. Remember, I told you I had the, the boxing coach, and I told him I want you to know that you could talk to me any way that you want. You could do whatever. I think that's a key point for people to be coachable. If you want a person to really push you and coach you, like come to me and tell me, like, don't worry about how you talk to me, man. Like, don't worry if you got to get on me. If you got to tell me seven times, like whatever it is, shoot I straight. want you to shoot me straight because it's just gonna cost me time. Yes, if I if I if I go any other way or it's gonna or, cost yes. me time. I don't need you to tell me every good thing for every bad thing. Balance like if you got to tell me eight things I got to correct and you only got one thing that you think I did right, like I'm cool with that because that's how we're gonna get to where we need to go. But you know what that's called humility and dealing in reality. You know what I'm saying? So though though I so when you when you're coaching somebody and I'm just thinking about football, you're knocking off the impurities of the standard. So there's a standard for a coach, right? And that coach has hit a standard. And he's like, okay, this is the standard and this is the formula to get to that standard. And when you go and perform either in the field for business, in a service industry or a sport, if a person sees you performing to less than a standard or they or they don't see you on the path to become who they think that you can become based upon your potential or whatever it is, they correct it. And your ability to get through that, those tough conversations and take it and recorrect and learn and grow and practice and uh, do things through repetition, all of that stuff is character calls, right? So the more uncomfortable you become with, oh, this dude is, you know, uh, demanding so much out of me, that's your ability to be patient, humble, and to be submissive to some people. And all this stuff is rooted in character. And it's not until you have these moments, like I, I, I call all moments like sparring matches, right? You have a sparring match. Well, I told you like when I go, I don't know if I told you in traffic, I let people pass me all the time on purpose to develop my patience. You know what I'm saying? But patience is a part of your character. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't develop your character, 
which which everything is rooted in that all this stuff to to have the ability to be coached right but then all this stuff comes back to awareness you have to be aware that you have moments to develop you to get better to ultimately get to your end and if you don't you'll always run on a hamster cycle but this shit takes work and that's the beauty of it but the joy is understanding that it takes work and working the process and liking it and hating it and loving it and hating it but ultimately getting to a place because I say it's part of the coachability Reese you talk about liking it and hating it and loving it and hating it you know I know you're a boxing fan in in, in the gym back here I got the, one of my favorite quotes of all time Muhammad Ali I hated every minute of training but I wanted to live the rest of my life like a champion I hated every minute of training but I said don't quit mm-hmm. suffer now suffer now and live the rest of your life like a champion I think that's what people miss is that they think as soon as they get to a point where they're getting coached to do something they don't want to do and is not what they feel like doing, they stop taking the coaching. You know, I tell people it's easy to it's easy to be loyal when we agree. It's hard yes. to be loyal when we disagree. And so real loyalty is tested when we disagree or real coachability is tested when you don't really feel like doing that. Like coach says, uh, we're going to run, you know, 30 <laughs> – one one tens you know what i mean or we're going to do 100 up downs you know what i mean like the coachability when you don't feel like doing the stuff is really what starts to separate people from being coachable um and then you know i think we could switch gears and then switch sides and you know we've had the ability to to start coaching other people we've been Mm -hmm. players we've been coached i'm still getting coached but i'm in a position where i'm coaching other people and i always wanted to be a coach and so i'm coaching other people and in your experience of, of coaching other people, what do you think, you know, for, for the listeners that are coaching, whether it's sports, coaching children, coaching people in business, what are some things that stand out to you uh, on how to pull the best out of people, uh, how to coach your team to wins? 100%. I think the, the basic first foundational is energy and attitude. I'm not sure which one comes first. But anytime I'm trying to coach somebody, I purposely put myself in a positive mood and I purposely give the conversation a lot of energy to um, to set the tone. To If it's something if it like um, harsh information is easier to digest if somebody's like in an energetic mood. You know what I'm saying? If you come like the Grim Reaper, then that's going to set the mood for the whole deal. Oh. You know what I'm saying? I think the attitude and energy um, being very clear on expectations. I think that like when I've learned the ability to establish and be clear on what I'm expecting out of a person and make things less personal. And uh, now I've, I've, I've created the, the greatest habit in the world of writing everything down, either through email or on paper and saying, Hey, do you agree to this? I agree to this. This is the contract between the managing both. the agreements. Yes. And so now if you veer from the agreement that was established by both of us in clear conscience, right? Clear, sober, clear minded. We, we've agreed to this. Um, if you uh, veer from this course that we've agreed to, then uh, this is not personal. This is just business. That's how, like to keep stuff out of the, the personal and business space. Right. Um, another thing is that um, so the agreement up front helps you to hold people accountable down and, the road and keeps things less personal. Yeah. Right. And if you get, yep. but no, if you, if you, if you establish expectations and clearly define what I expect from you. Yep. If I can do that, there's there's no there's no room for error. There's no I didn't know. There's no like yo this dude didn't tell me. 
and I can tell I can I can show you like a direct path to revenue. I can show you a direct path to where we got to go. Yep. This is how you're this is this is exactly how you can succeed doing one, two, three, four, five. This is how you get your billable hours. This is how you get a sale. This is how you do it. And here's the resources to do it. Right. I've given you all your equipment. You agree. Do you feel comfortable with that? Is everything cool? Like once you're in that space and leading people from that, like expectations, uh, you got the resources to become who you want to become. Um, I'm energetic and positive with you. And um, I, I leave that open door. If you need me for anything to assist you, cool. And you know what? You and, and from experience, you're going to mess up through this process, right? But my goal is to remove barriers and to give you resources to recorrect it, right? And if you keep on messing up, that's on you. That's just a character call in, in the process. Like, so... So each company or each leader should have a process of like their standard and how you get there. Right. And you are not to adjust that for the people. The people have to adjust themselves and either become more and get coached a little bit more or the people who are that good should hit that and they exceed it and they and they move up. Right. But that should be established foundationally. And then from there, now we're growing and coaching. And if a person can't hold that standard they're just letting you know that they may not be fit for that. Or I may come back to myself and I say. I think this is where a lot of coaches fail or excel is pulling greatness out of people with that balance of you did a good job, but your potential is so much more. And that balance of we had a good game this week, okay, we beat Penn State, but Next week, we got Michigan State, and then after that, we got Michigan. Like, we got to put up three big wins. And so what we did today was not good enough to win two weeks from today. Mm -hmm. And what we do today is not good enough to win a national championship. And that balance of pulling the best out of your players. And I think the best coaches are able to squeeze every ounce of greatness that a person has out of them. When you look back on your life, you know, for me, the people that have meant the most to my life have pushed me the most and challenged me the most when mm -hmm. I didn't want to get challenged, uh, whether it's whether it's 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 my mother, uh, my wife, my grandfather or coaches. Some of the people that have that have helped me to elevate myself as a person were the ones that were the hardest on me that say, yeah, you're doing a good job, son, but you could be way better. This effort is okay for, like, for your potential, this is a C. But for everybody else, this is an A. Like, it would be driving you mm -hmm. as a freshman to say, yeah, for everybody else coming out, this yeah, is this cool. is this is good, man. I mean, but but do you want to win a national championship? Did you come here to be good? Did you come here to be great? you come here to be the best? Or did you come here to just be on the team? Mm -hmm. And so I think as a coach, especially star players, you know, I, I think the one of the coach's biggest challenge, I think John Wooden said – uh, a coach's biggest challenge is turning turning a star into a team player, and one of the things that he that he that he introduced to his team on how to do this, Reese, he said, "Well, how do I do this?" He said, "Well, every time you score, I want you to make sure that you acknowledge the teammates that set that up for you. I want you to give them a point point to them, give them a shout." And so the player asked him. He said, uh, "He said, Coach Wooden, um, what if that person's not looking? Because he was at him. He said, if I catch you not pointing to him, it's gonna, he said, well, what if, I, what if I score and I point to that person that ain't looking? He said, the person that threw you the bar set you up is always looking. And so the person that scores a bucket oh. has ten hands. They represent all everybody that's out there. So if you score, you got two hands, but you represent us all. We got ten hands. And so I think that's another challenge for a coach is to be able to 
teach That's their players one. about how to be a team player and not just be a star. And being a team player is elevating everybody else's game, not making your teammates teammates feel like uh, you're better than them or that you think you're you're better than them and and trying to become one of them, even though everybody knows your gifts and talents and, and the things that you're given is superior to everybody else. And uh, and that's a challenge, you know, for people, for the players and, and for the coaches. Uh, brother, absolutely. I never heard that from Wooden. And I, I've also never heard that uh, last one where you said uh, they're always looking, people who set you up. But I use that parable for business. You know, people who set you up, they always, they, they, they may not vocally say it, but they, everybody likes to be acknowledged. No doubt. You know, everybody likes it. Sometimes more than money, they just want to, know that you appreciated the door you know that 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 they open and so i, I you know a, another thing in in um coaching man you know for for me is and especially now you know i don't do all this you know the millennial you know whatever but the the longer i'm here the the more i realize that the first place you got to touch a person is in their heart you know i think john maxwell says first you touch a person's heart and then you can ask for their hand and I've even taken this approach with some of the kids in the youth program. Like normally the kids that I'm able to connect with after me spending time with them for a couple of weeks, I'll get people to listen to me that normally wouldn't listen to other people. And I don't think it's by intimidation. I think it's by care. I think mm-hmm. it's about showing people that you care. So I think from a coach's standpoint, if you're going to be the best coach, not only do you need to pull the most out of your players, and challenge them to go from good to great. You can't let good be good enough. That's the the difference between a championship coach and an average coach is, yeah, we opened up three red zones, we helped this many people, but we need to set 15, and, and what we're doing right now is not good enough to handle 15 and not change the world. Mm-hmm. But it's good. We can't sit here patting ourselves on the back. And so you got to challenge your team to their potential, not to the current scoreboard. That's like having that great coach that you won 30-7 to seven, and your coach comes in the locker room and he's pissed off because he knows we missed so many assignments. Yes. Because for that game we won – but when it really comes crunch time, this effort's not good enough to build a life that you desire. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. No, so our, our coach used to always say, uh, even when we won, he said those mistakes that you made against the team that we played today, they were good enough to win. But when you play a team that really has, like, the ability to kick your ass, he said if you stay in those same bad habits or, or play to that level, or play to that potential, or play to your standard that you have out there now, you'll get your ass kicked. And that's 100% true. If you, if you don't do your best to four agreements, if you don't do your best and push on yourself and pull on yourself and develop yourself, uh, you, you know, you'll, you'll run on a hamster wheel your whole life. No doubt. Let, speaking of the four agreements, why don't we – Why don't we? let me go off the top of my head on four things to close this out that coaches out there I think can apply go, to man. make themselves better today as soon as, mm-hmm. soon, as we, soon as we get off of this thing. Um, let me start out with number one, being that people don't care how much you know so they know how much you care. Make sure the players around you uh, know that you care about them. Mm-hmm. Second thing is coach people to their potential, not not to uh, how many points they put on the board. Um, sometimes LeBron probably scored 40 points in a game in high school and his coach knew he's probably good enough to score 80. Uh, if you've been given special gifts, coaches, it's your job to pull the absolute best out of that person. You know, they, they say you, you want to know what's – in an orange, squeeze the orange and orange juice comes out. You want to know what's in certain different fruits, squeeze that, and that's what comes out. When you squeeze a person, whatever's inside of them comes out. And so don't be afraid to squeeze people to get whatever's out inside of them. Like when you're pushed, when you test it, when you really push and you're back against the wall, the real person comes out. 
I'd rather have it pulled out during practice and have it pulled out to where I could correct it for me to not squeeze you. Because if I don't squeeze you now and get it out of you, somebody's going to squeeze you down the road and it's, and, and it's going to be too late. Uh, next thing is, is, is being good enough as a coach to make your star players try to work within the team atmosphere and team environment uh, like, like John Wooden was saying. And, then, uh, and, and the last thing I'll say is being able to hold people accountable. Uh, hold people accountable to a certain standard, like you were saying. Um, you know, the further I've gotten away from the sales environment, the the more watered down I've watched this get. Uh, I think it was the C, was it was it Welch uh, from from GE that had the the principle of uh, ten eighty ten, or it could have been you know twenty sixty twenty. But basically, you look at life like like two magnets, and so you got the top. Uh, magnet up here you got the bottom magnet down here let's say this is the top 10% of your people and the bottom 10% of your people you got the middle 80% over here and so you got these magnets pulling that middle 80% and if these two magnets are equal it's going to be a fight over here but as soon as this 10% bottom 10% the negative becomes 20 and this is 10% you start to lose your locker room and so now the middle starts to go towards the bottom they start mm -hmm. to go towards the negative but if we could get this magnet to be 20% and this magnet to be 5% that middle is going to start to pull up. up into that and by getting rid of that bottom 10% the negativity uh the people don't fit your culture and fit your mold you know I've watched people ruin their culture based off of a player where I've watched the Patriots take a different route, even the Steelers. They, they, they don't care who you are. They're going to, if they perceive you as not fitting in, not in their locker room, they're going to get rid of you, and they continue to win titles and continue to win championships. And so I've watched Belichick do that. I've watched the Patriots do that. And I've watched that happen in business, that everybody is replaceable. Nobody is better than all of us. No one person is better than all of us in their strength and numbers. And so, you know, I think when you start to find people that just really go against your team culture and against the grain, and there's a difference between being patient with a young person that's rough around the edges. There's people in my business that I'll that I'll give them a year and I'm working with these people because they just they, they just don't know any better. But as they're here longer, the more you know, the more accountable that I hold that person. And you can't let the, the bottom feeders in the bottom culture ruin your sports team or ruin your business. And uh, that would be the last, the, the fourth thing that comes to my mind. So uh, coaching and being coached, coachability and, and being coaches. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Streets, Sports, and Success. We'll see you next time. <laughs>